0: Well, good morning. Uh, just a warning. Generally, we pastors look at people's faces in order to gauge when it's time to wrap things up and when people can't take anymore. This morning, all you're telling me is keep going, keep going. Uh, yeah, who, what was that? I, yeah, well, and if you buy a big enough mask, you can just pull it right up over your eyes. I'll never know. Absolutely. Uh, It's great to have all of you here today in order to worship Jesus together. We started a new sermon series last week called Pictures of the Church. What's it about? It is about the New Testament metaphors that God gives us for what the church is and what the church is supposed to be about. Uh, A metaphor is a word picture that helps us to understand something better. If I say to you, it's raining cats and dogs you know that it is not literally raining Siamese cats and St. Bernard's from the sky. Right? Can you imagine what it would feel like to have a St. Bernard drop out of the sky on you? I don't know that we would survive that fluffy heaviness as it came down from the heavens. You know that it's not literally raining cats and dogs, but when I say it's raining cats and dogs, do you think of a drizzle or a downpour? Right? It's a downpour, isn't it? And God uses those kinds of metaphors and word pictures to communicate to us about himself and our relationship to him. So he says things like, I am the good shepherd, and you are my sheep. And that teaches us about who he is and who we are in relationship to him. Or I am a mighty fortress, and the righteous run into that fortress. It teaches us about who God is and our relationship to him. And in the New Testament, he gives us some metaphors or word pictures about the church, that teach us about who God made us to be as his people. What did we look at last week? We looked at the word picture that we are the bride. We're God's bride. And this week, we're going to look at the word picture that we are the body of Christ. What are we supposed to understand from that word picture that we are the body of Christ? Let's start by looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, which is one of the passages in the New Testament that address us as a body. And then we'll pull in a few of the other teachings as we go along. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8 says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned." with cheerfulness. Now this morning I am not going to go through all of the different gifts that are listed in this passage or in the rest of the New Testament. There is some exploration of spiritual gifts we do as a part of our Discover class, but this morning I'm going to focus in instead on the general truths that we can understand from this word picture that God gives us when he calls us his body. What does he teach us? There's four things that I think we can pull out of here, and the first is this. We are to be humble. As a part of God's body, one of millions of parts of God's body, we are to be humble. And in order for the body to function correctly, we need to be a humble group of people. What what does it say our approach towards life and our approach towards each other is to be, according to this passage? We are to think of ourselves with... Sober judgment, right? Never thinking too highly of ourselves. And this passage reminds me why I am to be a humble person. Because everything that is good in this passage comes from God's goodness, not mine. Why do I get to be a part of the body of Christ? Is it because I've done enough good things to be a part of the body of Christ? No, it's because of his goodness, isn't it? and his gracious sending of Jesus to the cross on my behalf? Why is it that I have faith that can help me to grow and utilize my gifts? It says in this passage it's because he's apportioned it to me. Why is it that I have gifts that I can use to help the body? It's because of his goodness. He's given us those gifts. I haven't gone out and grabbed them. I haven't earned them. He's given those gifts to us. As a matter of fact... The phrase spiritual gift in the New Testament in the Greek is literally grace gift because he has apportioned it to us as he sees fit. And so everything that is good is because of his goodness, not my goodness, and it is a reminder to be humble, not not to think of myself more highly than I ought. As a matter of fact, Philippians 2 says that I am to consider others as what? Better than myself. Now, the Bible also tells us that each and every human being struggles with temptations towards the opposite of humility, which is what? Pride. That's right. It's pride. In pride, we think of our way of doing things as the right way of doing things. I I have a silly example from my own marriage. Everybody just looked at my wife when I said that. What are you going to share? Um... 25 years ago, when we got married, we came into our marriage folding shirts differently. I don't know how that wasn't caught during premarital preparation or how we've made it through 25 years, but we came into our marriage folding shirts differently. Now, I brought a shirt with me in order to show you the ways that we fold shirts because I'd really like you to vote and determine who's right this morning, right? So, my way, oh, whoa. My way of folding shirts is to fold it in thirds, right? So the sleeves get tucked back and you fold the shirt in half. My wife's way of folding shirts is to fold the shirt in half, tuck the sleeves, and fold it again. Right? Which way is the right way? I I can actually, (laughs) thank you for that. I can also see some of you right now shaking your heads like, no, neither of those is right. I I will show you the correct way when you're done with your message because you guys are messed up. Some of you have teenagers. What's the teenager way of folding their shirts? (laughs) Yikes, not at the guitar. That's kind of the teenager way of, of folding shirts. For 15 years, anytime I folded shirts, I did it my way and I insisted that my way was the right way and that Erica's way was the wrong way. And then, one day... Clearly, when I was by myself, I decided to try and fold a shirt her way. And do you know what I found? I liked it better. It was easier. I could pull it off better than the trifold. And I converted. After 15 years, I converted. Right? So, wives, if you're having one of those struggles about something silly with your husband, there is hope. Hope after 15, 20, 25 years... They may convert and see it your way. I can see a few wives out there going, nope, it's been 25, 30, 35 years, still no, (laughs) yeah, absolutely, (laughs) nope, not going to happen, no, oh, man. In pride, we think the way that we do things is the right way to do them. More than that, in pride, we think that the strengths that we have are the best strengths to have. If I'm good at administration but not particularly great with people, then what's the most important thing about being a part of an office setting? That we all function well and administrate things right and management goes well. And yeah, there's some nice things with people, but we'll let other people deal with that. But if I'm great with people and lousy with administration, then those administration people, I refer to them as detail people. And it's all about relationships. Because whatever strengths we have, those are the right strengths to have, right? That's what pride says. In pride, we also just think of ourselves too much, period. Instead of our thoughts primarily being about God and others, in pride we think about ourselves, and we're all tempted towards that that sin of pride. I want to encourage all of you to think about What it is that characterizes your life right now? Is it humility or pride? Think about the ways that you have communicated with people, ways that you have made declarations, ways that you've posted on social media related to the hot button issues of our day. Did you know there were some hot button issues in our day? There's a couple out there. Right now, think about the way that you've been communicating or the way that you've been posting. If people look at that, would they say that's primarily characterized by humility or primarily characterized by pride? Because Jesus says, my people and my body are to be characterized by humility. They're to be a people who don't think too highly of themselves, who consider others better than themselves. Maybe even a people who value listening more than declaring. God says, I want my people to be a humble people. That's the first thing that we see here when we recognize that we are a part of a body and that he has graciously brought us into it. We boast only in him and what he has done on our behalf. Now, the second thing that we see when we see that we are a body is this, that we submit to Jesus as the head of this body. We are a body, like a human body, some of us are hands," this passage says. Some of us are feet or toes. But ultimately, who is it that is the head? Who's the brains of this operation? It's Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 says, "And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. We're parts of the body. But Jesus is the head. And what is the relationship between the head and a part of the body? The head tells that part of the body what to do, and it doesn't. Isn't that how the relationship works? If I come up to you after the service, and I haul off and just slap you, can I blame my hand for that? I hate when it does that. It just has a mind of its own. Well, no, it doesn't have a mind of its own, does it? That's not the way the body works. The head gives the parts of the body orders, and they carry them out. And what does this teach us about us as the body of Christ? Ultimately, it is Christ who has supremacy above all things. He is the head, and everything that we do, every decision that we make, and every declaration of our lips is motivated by Jesus, what he would have us do, and what his word teaches us. That's what it means to have Jesus as head. Right? He, he ultimately dictates and is supreme over every declaration that we make and every decision that we make in life. A couple of months ago, there was a church that made a decision to do something that the government had told churches not to do. They sent a letter out to all of the people at their church in order to say we're making a decision to do something that the government has told us not to do. Now, you could make a biblical case for the decision that they were making, but they didn't. Instead of sharing in the letter what Jesus had called them to do or what Jesus would do in this situation, or the principles of Scripture that related to that particular decision and how they were interacting with those principles... What they shared with people were, we're frustrated. We want to do something different, and we have rights. And in the midst of that, what they communicated to their people was that the Bible is a nice book for that short Sunday inspiration that we give you. But when it comes to your actual decision-making... It's okay to be motivated primarily by your frustrations, your wants, and your rights rather than by the principles of the Word of God and what Jesus is calling us to. As a church, we want to be all about Jesus as our head so that every action that we take, every declaration that we make is all about what He has taught us and how those principles interact with everything that we're doing in life. You can tell whether someone has Jesus as their head right now around those hot-button issues, can't you? People are making statements, they're making declarations, they're posting on social media, and you can tell if Jesus is the head in a person's life by what they're posting. Because if Jesus is the head then ultimately the declarations that we make and the postings that we're doing are all going to be about what Jesus' word teaches us and how it applies to those particular situations and what Jesus would do in those particular situations. And if our declarations and our postings are about our frustrations and our wants and our rights, then maybe something else is the head in our life. Right? Jesus has called his body to submit to him as head in absolutely everything. Over the last few months, I have heard a number of different media outlets encourage me to think for myself. Maybe you've heard those same encouragements. Think for yourself. And at first, that sounds like wise counsel, doesn't it? until we begin to process the scripture and we think of all of the warnings that we get about being wise in your own eyes or the problems that took place in the book of Judges when everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And so this morning, friends, let me encourage you to do something far more biblical than think for yourself. Let me encourage you to have the mind of Christ, which 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says we have if we are his followers. So that in everything we do, we don't do things according to what we want or our frustrations or our desires. Instead, everything we do is according to what he has laid out for us. The the character of God and the principles that flow out of it so that we are ultimately driven and motivated by the mind of Christ. Let us be a people. I I don't know about you, but I don't think the world needs more of me doing what I think is right. Right? or everybody else out there doing what they think is right. The world's screwed up enough from all of that. Instead, Jesus says, let my people have the mind of Christ. Let my people follow after my teaching and my principles in absolutely everything that they do. We want to submit to Jesus' head as the body. That means all of us, as followers of Jesus at Friendship Church, that means individually, as members of the body. We submit to him as head in absolutely everything. Which brings us to the third point, we submit to him as head and we recognize we are all different parts of the body. Some are hands, some are toes, someone out there is a knee, I suppose. Someone's the back of the knee where that sweat builds. I'm sorry about those people. Right? We celebrate that God makes us different. That's part of what this teaching about the body is all about. God's made us different and we celebrate the fact that God has made us different. That's what uh, this idea of us all being a different part of the body and functioning differently communicates to us. Now, I need someone to help me illustrate this principle physically. Do I, do I have a volunteer out there who would be willing to participate in an egg toss with me? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, are you sure? You ready? Ready? You want to come up a little closer? Should we do this a little closer? Yeah? Will this be fun? Okay, so here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to throw you the egg, and you're going to catch it with your hands. Is that okay? You ready? Yeah? Are you sure? Okay, I'll do the very best I can. I'm getting kind of nervous here as we stand. I hope this makes it to you. Okay, I'll throw it on the count of three, and then you're going to catch it. You ready? One, two. Three. Nice! Hey! hey! (laughs) Nice job. You can keep the egg if you want it. Yeah, it's actually hard-boiled, right? So, uh, I'm probably not supposed to give out food to anyone. Sorry, that's against the rules. Uh, So, you can, I don't know, throw it in your yard or something. Use it as a baseball. Now would she have been nearly as interested if instead of catching the egg with her hands, I had asked her to catch the egg with her nose? Right? That, that would be more challenging, wouldn't it? Shelby, do you want to catch an egg with your nose? I have an extra one that's already broken. No, not so much. Right? Wh- why? Because the hands are, are a natural part of the body to catch something. Whether we're talking about eggs or a ball or a frisbee, the nose less so. But if you're on your way home today and you want to stop to literally smell the roses, would you rather do that with your hand or with your nose? Right? God made the nose for that purpose. And the teaching of this passage is, you guys, we're all different. We have different backgrounds. We have different talents. And as this passage emphasizes, we've been given different gifts by God. And we are not to look down on others because they have different talents and gifts than we have. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. We're not to look down on other people because their talents and gifts are different than our own. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. Do we have any Kansas City Chiefs fans in here? Okay, good. All right. Uh, we, we are cleansed. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Right, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, and they have a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes who is a genius when it comes to throwing the ball. He, he puts the ball where it needs to be, when it needs to be there, and he just got a boatload of money for being able to do that. Patrick Mahomes' left tackle, his name is Eric Fisher. He's 6'7", 320 pounds, and he blocks those defensive linemen that want to kill Patrick Mahomes. Now, how much sense would it make within the Kansas City Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes was constantly looking down on Eric Fisher because Eric Fisher can't throw the ball very well? Or if Eric Fisher was constantly looking down on Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes can't block 300-pound charging defensive linemen? It wouldn't make any sense. And it would kill team unity in some sense if everyone was just looking down on each other because they don't have the gift and talent that I have. Instead, they recognize, we got different gifts and talents, they're all usable for the good of the team, and they strive to use them to the best of their ability. And so we never look down on somebody else because their talents and gifts are different than ours. We also don't look down on ourselves because our talents and gifts aren't the same that somebody else has. There might be a temptation for us to say, whoa, look at the talents and gifts that that particular person in the body of Christ has. If only I had those talents and gifts. But God doesn't want us to do that. What what sense would it make if Patrick Mahomes stood around all this next football season? Let's pretend for a minute we're going to have a football season. And he stood around all of this next football season just frustrated and pouting because he wasn't good at blocking 300-pound linemen. Right, that wouldn't make any sense. That would ruin the chiefs as a team. Instead, he accepts the gifts that he has been given, and he uses them to the very best of his ability for the sake of the team. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 20 say, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body. I'm sorry, who arranged the members of the body? Right, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We recognize that these are grace gifts. God has given, to, given them to us as he sees fit for the sake of the good of the body. And, and everyone in here is ready to acknowledge right now, aren't we, that God probably knows what he's doing. Anyone? Anyone ready to acknowledge that? He probably knows what he's doing. And he's the one who puts these gifts in place for us. And so don't look down on yourself because you don't have somebody else's talents and gifts. Celebrate because God has given you exactly what this body needs in order to fully operate the way that he's designed it. We celebrate that God has made us different. And finally, we get in the game. Uh, Every one of us have been given different backgrounds, talents, and gifts. We've been given those so that we can get in the game and participate fully. If I can mix my metaphors, get in the game, participate fully as a member of the body so the body can function the way that God designed it to function. What if Eric Fisher, that left tackle for the Chiefs, came out this next season and said, you guys, life's just been kind of crazy right now. I know I'm supposed to block the defenders on the other team, but, but I just don't feel like it right now. And on every step, he just stood there like this. What would happen to the Chiefs? They would go from Super Bowl champions to 0 and 16 because in order for a team to function properly, all 11 players on the field have to do the job that they've been given. That's the way a team works, and that's the way that a church works. God's given each of us gifts so that we will all use them for the purposes of the kingdom. That's why 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I want you to notice that it doesn't say some of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. It doesn't even say most of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. What does it say? Each of you Each and every one of you who are a follower of Jesus Christ and are a part of a church body are to use those gifts in order to build up the kingdom of Jesus Christ and to serve each other. That's God's call in our life. We are to be members of a body, fully functioning so that the body can move and function the way God designed it to. Now, I want to point out when I say that we are to be members of a body... That's different than some of the ways we might think of membership in our day and age. Because for us, membership might mean organizational membership. Uh, For example, I am a member at Planet Fitness. What does that mean? That means that I pay $10 a month so that I can get some services, some workout services at Planet Fitness. Workout services, I don't, yeah, okay, don't use as often as I should, but those services are available to me, right, because I am a member. Another sense of organizational membership as we experience it today is some people become members of a club or a group so that they can have a say or a vote because members have a say or a vote. That's kind of modern organizational membership. And as soon as the church starts to think about membership like that, Pay your dues so you can get some services. Uh, Become a member so that you can have a say or get a vote. That's the death knell of a church because that isn't the way that God has called us to be a part of members of a body. Uh, When God describes membership in the New Testament, it's membership like this. You're a knee, you're a foot, you're a hand. and, And you need to function with everything that God has given to you for the sake of the kingdom so that the body can do all that it was designed to do. Every member working in unison so that we as a team can get a win. Now, what does a win look like for Friendship Church? It's easy to tell if the Chiefs get a win on a Sunday afternoon. What does a win look like for Friendship Church? A win looks like us sitting here a year from now, and there being people in the seats who have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior because we can't wait to tell people about our Lord and Savior, who are our friends, who are our family, who are our coworkers. It looks like us living out the character of Christ more and more every day. It looks like us operating in relationships according to the fruit of the Spirit, treating each other with gentleness and kindness and goodness and love. It looks like us ultimately seeking after the mission of Christ to make disciples everywhere we go. That's what a win looks like for us. And God says in order for us to have that kind of win as a team, each and every person is to use their gifts in order to play on the team. Every person is to play their role as a member of the body, helping us to function the way God has designed us to. And so the question is, what is God calling you to as a member of the body? That's one of the questions on our discussion questions for the day. What is God's Spirit calling you to how, how is he calling you to carry out uh, service with the gifts and the talents and the background that you have as a part of the body of Christ? Uh, if, if there's a way that God is speaking to you this morning saying, yeah, you, you need to serve, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know where. Or maybe you have a very specific way in which God is calling you to serve this morning. Uh, there's a communication card on the seat cluster And there's a little serve box. You can just mark that. We'd love to help you figure out how God has designed you to serve and where the best places are within the body for you. Uh, And and whether you know exactly where you'd like to serve or just want help figuring it out, you can check that box, and we'd love to follow up with you and talk more about that because God has designed each and every one of us to fully participate as a part of his body with the gifts and talents that he has given to us Let's pray that he would continue to work that through us as a body together. Father, we ask that you would continue to help us to function as the body you created us to be. Lord, work in us, teaching us, strengthening us, so that we can be a people who pour out the gifts and talents you've given for the sake of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We pray that you would use our words as we share the gospel, As we spread the name of Jesus, that you would use our actions as we serve others and care for each other in order to draw people's attention to the goodness of Jesus Christ. and We pray this for the sake of Jesus' name. Amen.